Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Your chance coming up in about a half hour here. We will do plenty of your hot takes coming off an amazing Sunday in the NFL, which of course finished with the most anticipated game that we've ever seen. And we'll dive into all of that. And I got a bunch of good sound bites for you to listen to here and everything else. And again, your takes are on the way. And we never shortchange the baseball. We got just epic wildcard games coming up tomorrow night on ESPN, Yankees, Red Sox, and the American League. And then the following night, Dodgers, Cardinals. I mean, this is like the entire, there's like the World Series of 1964 waiting to happen all over again. So it's about as good as it gets. So looking forward to all of that. But I wanted to do this to open the hour. Uh, and, and we need an open for this, Bubba, because Nuno's notes, I think, are becoming a thing. Like Nuno, who has a role as a producer on this show, he plays an important role in this. He wants you to know that even though Hembo has an important role and Bubba has an important role and I have a fairly meaningful role, Nuno wants you to know he's got something to do with what happens on the show. And I'll explain why that's funny in a moment for those of you just joining me. But my favorite thing that he does is in the now legendary Greeny Google Doc, he puts his own notes on these games. Like, I love that he does that. Like, just bear in mind, we have a Google document for the show. I'm going to come in and talk about the football games. He feels a need to just give his thoughts on every single game that was played yesterday, and I like it. I don't, I don't need it, but I like it. <laughs> and it's gotten to the point that I, I think I need to read them on the air because they're so fascinating. So Nuno's notes, number one, Giants-Saints. Biggest win for the Giants since the Super Bowl. Still a lot of issues with play calling. Saints are overconfident, not good enough to play cute. Nuno, those are your notes. That, that's your takeaway from yesterday's game. Correct. Okay. Jets-Titans. This is what he writes. Again, this is the producer of the show giving me whatever information it is he feels a need to give me. He writes, I was right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> then he writes, Jets actually have a quarterback taking the Titans seriously in the AFC is OVA. And he spells it OVA. O-V-A-H. Nuno, it's OVA. It is. I think we're done with uh, thinking the Titans can actually compete for the AFC uh, title. Fair enough. Bears-Lions, he writes, Dear Lions, when down 10 with 316 left, kicked a field goal. That's 100% right. We didn't even get to that on Get Up this morning, which I really regret. Like, the Bears blew the Lions out yesterday, only they didn't. The Lions did what they did the first week, which is they came back in the game, and they had a chance for anybody who didn't see it. They were down, where were they on the field? Like, the 15-yard line-ish? And they had a fourth and a bunch. And they went for it. Instead of kicking the field goal, down 10 with three minutes and change left. They need the field goal. Akeem Talib doing the game is like, you got to kick the field goal. And they didn't. And that was – so I like that coach. I like his enthusiasm and all of that. But decisions like that are what get you beat in the NFL. And that just made no sense. That was aggressiveness. There's a a fine line between aggressive and stupid, and that one crossed that line. Do you have it there? Remind me the situation exactly. It was fourth and one from the eight. Oh, it was fourth and one from the eight. Okay, take it back. Fourth and one from the eight. They still should have kicked the field goal. But I don't want to get – I don't want to give the wrong information for those who didn't see the game. Was fourth and one from the eight? All right, I have that. I, I had that completely wrong in my head. I was watching like four games at the same time. Either way, they should have kicked the field goal. But fourth and one, it makes a little bit more sense. Anyway, Nuno had it wrong. Next, <laughs> um, the Washington football Washington game. Washington football team 
their defensive unit is the biggest disappointment in all of football, Nuno writes. Andy writes, Matt Ryan will play well enough to fool you to keep him around longer than you should. Nuno, this is your opinion. Am I wrong on any of that? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, before you, I think you sprained both your ankles like Carson Wentz getting off the uh, Washington football team bandwagon <laughs> yeah. and hopping on, you know, and hopping on the uh, Cowboy one. What was your premise based upon feeling like they were the best team in the NFC East? I thought they were. And the defense was the primary, the only reason. I thought they'd play just enough offense and be dominant on defense. They've been the opposite. Their defense stinks. I'm floored. And he also writes, oh, my favorite one, Packers beat the Steelers by 10. <laughs> and he writes, which fake narrative is Aaron Rodgers going to create this week? <laughs> Nuno's just a beautiful man. So those are some of Nuno's takes on an interesting Sunday in the NFL. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. What? All right, you need to hear the, the uh, some of the sound bites here coming out of yesterday. Let's hear from Tom Brady, whose voice remains scratchy. I can sympathize with him on that. Um, talking after the game yesterday, after what was a really weird night in a variety of ways in Foxborough. Had a few emotional moments this week, just thinking about all the people that have really meant so much to me in my life and that are a part of this community. And I'm um, just very grateful for you know amazing time here and. Like I said, my football journey took me somewhere else. But I'm really enjoying that, and great to get a win, 3-1. and one. I know to make it about the game, but, you know, 3-1 and one against a really good football team tonight's where, where we wanted to get. Yeah, and, and like, that is the most important thing at the end of the day. I mean, for us, it was all the show. For those guys, at the end of the day, it's about a game. I didn't love the night. Like, it was just a weird – there were so many things about the night that surprised me, which is good. Like, being surprised is good. There was drama. It was interesting, but somehow I didn't love it. Mm. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe this game got built up to a point that it would be impossible to live up to it. But all in all, I did not love the experience of watching that game. Hembo, you. I thought it was appropriate. Like, I, Obviously, the buildup was extraordinary, like it was a Super Bowl. But football is an ugly game, and these guys in Belichick and Brady have won that game 100 times together, the 19-17 to 17 game in the monsoon. So to me, like in some sense, it was kind of fitting that Tom Brady beat Bill in a game in which he didn't throw a single touchdown pass. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but but that, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Gronk wasn't there. The monsoon changes the whole game. It becomes a rain game. And it becomes like a weather game. Like, maybe this is what I'm trying to say, and I'm doing a bad job of it. I wanted some, was it Brady or was it Bill kind of mm. storyline. And I think last night, well, maybe this is the right answer. It was both of them. Like it was Bill putting together a masterpiece. I, I thought his game plan was masterful and brilliant. And he did everything I think a person standing on the sideline can possibly do to win a football game in which his team is outmanned, which it clearly is. And then Brady, who learned from him, did all the things you have to do to win a game. He wasn't sensational. They weren't at their best. The rain was a factor. The emotion was a factor. Whatever else was a factor. But he did ultimately, as, as Bill Belichick preached to him probably every day for 20 years, he did his job. Do your job. He did his job exactly well enough to win the football game. So maybe that is the appropriate way for it to start. I don't know. I just wanted something really memorable last night, and I think it was not that. I think if, if that game had not been the Brady return game, 
it would not have rated well. Like, I, I think we would have said that wasn't a terrific football game. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just but because it had everything else going for it. Anyway, Belichick was magnificent last night. And after the game, he had a lot of interesting things to say. And none of them did he seem to feel the need to justify his presence at the game. Matt Nagy's soundbite after yesterday's game with Justin Fields <laughs> continues to just astonish me. So in case you haven't heard it, so the Bears beat the Lions yesterday in a game a week after Justin Fields was, that offense was the worst thing that has ever happened to the NFL. They had one net passing yard the week before, <laughs> and the game plan was awful, and Nagy, to his credit, took all the blame and everything else. And the big storyline in Chicago this week was, who will call the plays in Fields' second start? Would it be Nagy, or would it be the offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor? While the game is being played... Nagy, excuse me, Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark each separately text me saying there's no way in the world Nagy is calling the plays. Okay, fair enough. Relinquishing the play calling duty when it's not going well is the sign of a smart coach. It doesn't have to be explained. We decided to go with Bill. So I want you to hear his response. He was asked who called the plays. And as you're listening, just consider how easily this could have been a four-second response. And listen instead to where he goes. In regards to the play calling, uh, Bill did a great job, you know, and and I think that, uh, you know, at the same point in time, it's important that we understand that uh, I had to be, I, I felt good out there as a head coach, and that's real. We all get together. We talk through how we're going to call the game. I get a, a great opportunity to say, yes, I like this, or no, I don't, as the head coach, right, in charge of all that. that that's real. Whatever I need to do to try to be the best head coach for the Chicago Bears. Whatever that is, I I don't care. I just want us to have the best opportunity to win. What the actual heck are you talking about? First of all, why do you keep saying that's real? Who thinks otherwise? Who's saying, sorry, coach, that's fake? It's not fake. It's real. But what's he saying? Like, let's, I'm just going to hit my little ding every time he says something. So it should just end at Bill did a great job. He should then say, and Justin played great. What's your next question? That's all they needed to say. He talks himself into a freaking tizzy. But I'm just going to hit the ding every time he says something that I think is, or should I make it the ding or the buzzer? Which will be more effective? I, I think the buzzer will last longer. It'll, it'll drown out some things he's trying to say. So I'm going to hit the ding every time he says something that makes no sense in this context. In regards to the play calling, uh, Bill did a great job, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, at the same point in time, it's important that we understand that uh, I had to be, I, I felt good out there as a head coach, and that's real. We all get together. We talk through how we're going to call the game. I get a, a great opportunity to say, yes, I like this, or no, I don't, as the head coach, right, in charge of all that. that that's real. Whatever I need to do to try to be the best head coach for the Chicago Bears. Whatever that is, I I don't care. I just want us to have the best opportunity to win. I would have hit it more times, but it has to reset. (laughs) What? What's he talking about? I don't even know what to say to that. I've been watching football all my life. I've seen good coaches and bad coaches. I've never heard a coach try to explain that he had a role in the game. We just won a game, and I want you to know I had something to do with it. That's real. That's real. Listen, I don't, I, I don't, I, 
help me. I don't know what to say to this. No, it's, it's odd how defensive he is. It almost sounds like he's on a date, and he's <laughs> trying to prove his significance to the person on the other yeah. side of the table. And in this case, he's saying, no, I actually, even though I didn't call the plays, I am actually the head coach, and thus my yes. presence was needed. Yes, I actually have a say in what we do. <laughs> Who didn't think that? Like, who, who are you explaining this to? To people who've never heard of the game of football, I want to make sure you know that as the head coach, this is real, I had something to do with what just happened out there. I'm stunned. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. All on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. We have more to do. Your calls are still coming up. I'll tell you when to call, about 15 minutes till the hot takes. But up next, when pursuit of a record causes sensible people to do silly things. That's next on ESPN Radio. That's real. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around... Different stressors, I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Brainstorm, what is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie all right greenie with you presented by progressive insurance guests on the goodyear hotline and we come to you live every single day from the seaport district to pier 17 brought to you by chase going to be your time in just a few minutes here. I will tell you when to call, and it'll be time for your hot takes. I've given you plenty of mine today coming off of, <coughs> excuse me, the fourth Sunday 
of pro football uh, for this season, and we will get your hot takes coming up in a few minutes. But first, Hembo has... You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I don't know if it can be the question of the day, because he has a variety of questions for me, things you asked me in our meeting this morning, and I didn't have the energy to dive into all of them then, but I will do so now. So what was the first question you asked me? Did you have, Greeny, issue... With the Ravens' decision, rather than to take a knee up 16 points the very end of that game against the Broncos, instead to run a play so they could achieve their 43rd consecutive game with 100 rushing yards, which is a record. A lot of people did have a problem with it. Did you? When you say a lot of people had a problem with it, mm-hmm. who is a lot of people? Most of the internet. The Den- and also the Denver Broncos' sideline, as right. it turns out. The, I, I'm aware the Denver Broncos were upset with it. What was most of the internet saying about it? Saying that it was Bush. Saying that it was a fairly meaningless record that they could have very easily have gone without for the um, rather than just doing what anyone else would have otherwise done and just uh, display reasonable sportsmanship. See, here's the thing. I think that's totally wrong, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. If they had thrown a 40-yard touchdown pass, I'd agree with you. They ran the ball for five yards, mm-hmm. right? They ran the ball for five yards. If I'm the Broncos, I have bigger fish to fry than worrying about that. Again, if they score on the play, I have a problem with it. That's Bush League. Running the ball for five yards instead of taking a knee? What the hell difference did it make? That record is not meaningless to them That record to the internet is meaningless because you don't care how many consecutive games any team rushed for 100 yards. But you know who cares about that? Their offensive line does. That offensive line room cares. And they're the most important people on that whole team, on any team. And you know who knows that? The coach knows it. So when John Harbaugh gets up there and says, that was 100% my decision, put it on me, that's what coaches do. He didn't get up there and have to explain what his role is as coaches because that's real. He got up there and said, my guys cared about that. And I'm going to let them break that record. If, if it was something to do with scoring, I bet you he doesn't do it. If it was, we needed another touchdown to break some sort of record for most consecutive games with a touchdown, they don't do it. Scoring points on that play would have been Bush League. And you think that, Running the ball for five yards is meaningless. And you think that Harbaugh would have had no issue with Vic Fangio doing that to him on the other side? I don't know if he would have or he would have, but I don't think he... I don't think it should have, would have then mattered to Vic Fangio, and I don't think it matters to John Harbaugh. If you're John Harbaugh, now you're worried that Vic Fangio is mad at you? Just the example I'm using. If it had happened to the Ravens instead of the Ravens doing it to someone else, I'm not sure John Harbaugh would have cared so much. If it happens to, if the Broncos mm-hmm. find themselves in that situation, Vic Fangio will do the same thing. A coach's obligation is to his players. First, last, and always. The internet is definitively last. <laughs> the opponent is second to last. His job, John Harbaugh's job, is not to worry about what the internet thinks or what the opponent thinks. Again, it's Bush League if they throw a pass. Running the ball for five yards as opposed to taking a knee, to me, is comparatively insignificant enough that I think the Broncos need to get over it. What's your next question? My next question is, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that right now we know that Bama and Georgia are going to play for the SEC championship and then subsequently play for the national championship. Well, I mean, I don't even understand the question. Of course it's a bad thing. I mean, Georgia, this was supposed to be them getting tested, right? And what did they win, 37 nothing? Yeah. Like, I, I, I had a golf event on Saturday, so I didn't get to see that game. And when I checked my phone, I thought it had to be a mistake. I was like, this thing says 37 nothing. 
was this game 37 nothing? And then I went back and I watched the clips, and it was 37 nothing, and it was just as close as the score would make it sound. And Bama, this was supposed to be a game they might lose, and they were up, was it 28 nothing at halftime or mm-hmm. something? So, you know, yes, it is a bad thing that right now you can write those two teams in. Actually, I saw a great little stat this weekend. You just made me think of it. I had forgotten it, hmm. and I, I had forgotten to put it in the show, but now I'm going to read it to you because you just reminded me of it. And I think this is an interesting little note about where we stand right now with the college. And, of course, I'm doing a very poor job of navigating myself to it very quickly. I really think the idea, hmm. though, that you have these two sort of behemoths on a collision course is not a bad thing for college football, in part because it hypes up these two potentially massive games. We sort of have this issue in college football all the time. At least we have historically in recent memory with Alabama and Clemson. I don't know that this is a bad thing for the sport. Good job filling. You're wrong. Anyway, here's the stat, and it's from Heather Dinich. According to the All-State Playoff Predictor, there is a better chance of the SEC sending two teams to the playoff There is also a better chance of the Big Ten sending two teams to the playoff than there is of the ACC or the Pac-12 sending one team. (laughs) There is a better chance that the SEC and Big Ten both get two teams in than there is that the ACC and the Pac-12 each get one. And you think that's a bad thing? Of course it's a bad. No, that in and of itself is not a bad thing. The fact that the ending is, is already written for you is a bad thing. If right now, if you're going to go see a, 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 a thriller, right? There's a new movie coming out. looks great. Oh, you got the great cast. You got all kinds of great people in it. It's a murder mystery, Agatha Christie, all this kind of stuff. And then right before you go, I say to you, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. the butler did it. <laughs> Are you still going to go see the movie? Probably not. Probably not. You're going to save the 15 bucks or whatever it is that it costs you to go see a movie because you already know how it ends. Don't tell me how it ends before it even begins. All right, give me one more real quick. Okay, what were your, your top takeaways, your biggest impressions from Brady last night? My biggest takeaway from Brady last night was that he looked like it was a lot for him. And I n- absolutely did not expect that. He looked really shaky the first drive or two, and I turned to Stace, and I said, he's going to settle in. This guy started nine Super Bowls. You think this is a lot for him? It was. I think it was. And, and obviously, Belichick did a great job, but Brady has played against defenses that fooled him before, and he's played better. I think the rain was a factor, but I think the emotion of it all did get to him, and that was the last thing I expected. And did you have an, an issue with him being booed? Because he most definitely was booed. I'm not sure it was a majority Yes, of I had an issue with it. I told you last week. You don't boo Tom Brady. I don't care if the game has started, not started, what the circumstances are, Schwartzy or whoever. This, I don't care what it is. So those 20,000 people should not be allowed back. If it was up to me, that's correct. You don't boot Tom Brady in New England. You just don't. You just don't. After what that guy gave you, sit on your hands if you want to. But don't boo. You're booing that guy? Come on. It's, uh, to me, that was insane. So, And I'm still surprised, to be honest with you, that it happened. All right. I have given you as much as I can give. Now it's time for you. I want to hear from you right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Your hot takes coming off the NFL Sunday. Greeny, the podcast.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, Greeny with you here as we roll along on ESPN Radio, and I'm coming to your calls in just a moment here for your hot takes. Very quick business to attend to first. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I'll always tell you when I'm wrong, but in this case, I'm getting them right. Greeny is red hot. I went three and two this week. Um, I hit with the Chiefs minus the seven, the Cowboys minus the four and a half, and I was right with the Seahawks giving the three. So those are the three wins. I lost with the Rams in a huge way, and I lost with the Bucks last night. Even and, and I went against myself. I went against Hembo. I went against our philosophy here of 94% of the money in one way, always bet the other way. That was my mistake. That's the one I regret. I can live with my Rams mistake. I thought they were the better team. I still think in the end they will be, whatever. The Bucks is the one that I will, I will have trouble sleeping tonight. I will have trouble falling asleep. Having blown that pick, I had the Bucks minus the seven, but we are 12 and nine on the season, so that is pretty good. Meanwhile, the season's not over. The weekend is not over because we got a Monday night game tonight, and our Monday preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Progressive Insurance, if your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Give me the particulars on tonight. So, Greeny, it's the Raiders at the Chargers Monday night football. The Chargers are a three-point favorite. There is really no significant public lean one way or the other. So it's Chargers minus three. The over-under is 51 and a half. How are you feeling? 51 and a half. Feels a little low. Okay, I do not. I don't have a great feeling about this. So this one's not going. Does this officially count in the KOD picks, Bubba, or not? Like we're keeping no, the season I, no, tally going. So. What? No, this does not count. Okay, so this one doesn't count. Then I don't feel all the pressure in the world. Then I will go with my gut. Okay, my gut says the Chargers are going to win and they're going to cover. Okay, I just like the Chargers much better as a team. I remain confused and surprised by what the Raiders have been able to do. So I'll take the Chargers. I will give the three. That is the official KOD pick for tonight, though it does not count in the official KOD standings. All right, that's it. I've done all the taking that I can do today. It's time now for your hot takes here at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Bubba, who is first up? First up, we have William. All right, William, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. William, give me a hot take. Greeny, there are part-time gamers who just purchased a Madden video game over the weekend that called better plays than the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator. That was embarrassing, and I'm not even a Steelers fan. Yeah, Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator. 
Look, when, when you consistently throw the ball short of the sticks, that's two weeks in a row where with the game on the line, they're dumping the ball off. Last week it was fourth and 10 in that game against Cincinnati, I think it was, and then this game here yesterday against Green Bay, fourth and four, they throw it behind the line of scrimmage to Najee Harris. Then on another fourth down, they throw it well short of the sticks. Poor Juju Smith-Schuster is trying to extend the ball from like eight yards away. <laughs> it's like tragic to watch. I blame everyone. That's obviously on the play call to begin with, but isn't it also on the quarterback? Like, doesn't he have to know you got to throw it at least this far to have a chance here? It's fourth down. Ben's 39 years old. He knows that. So I don't know who to blame. Is that Whose fault is that? It's both of their faults, but it's not just those few fourth downs, Greeny. I looked it up this morning. He has thrown 52 passes on third down and fourth down this year. 52. About half of them have been short of the stick. So there have been a few obvious ones that have made you, you know, really cringe, but this has been a season-long trend for him. Half the time, he's throwing the ball short of the sticks when he needs to get a first down. That's a really good take, William. I appreciate you getting us started. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Dan. All right, Dan, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a hot take. Dan? Uh, so I think it's Darren. <laughs> is it Darren? Yes, Yeah, go. Dan, let's go! <laughs> All right, my hot take is Buffalo is going to smoke the Chiefs next week. Points differential is how you know a good team. Buffalo has the highest point differential in the NFL with plus 90. Chiefs are only plus 9. You're 100% right. I love that game. I love everything about Buffalo in that game. Is Kansas City favored? Guess the line. I'm going to guess with Kansas City at home, I'm going to guess they're favored by... I, I was going to say either two and a half or three. It's one and a half. Okay. So that, half. that feels a little more reasonable to me because I, you, you don't put anything past Mahomes and I don't put anything past him. <laughs> but the Chiefs defense is terrible. Terrible. They never blow anybody out. Yesterday is as close as they generally come. They did cover the spread, but this is a huge step up in class. Buffalo is rolling right now. Allen is playing great. Their defense is much better. Now they've won their last three games 118 to 21. And all 21 of those points came in garbage time against Washington. That game was over before it even started. They haven't given up. When the game was a game, they haven't given up a point since week one. Right? When the game was a game, they haven't given up a point since week one. Boy, they're insanely good. Insanely good. I was the guy telling you I thought Cleveland, I thought Tennessee, I thought um, a few other teams. No, no, no. I'm wrong. Buffalo's the best team. Now, it's, this is only week four. This could look very different week 14. I have no idea. But right now, Buffalo is definitively the best team in the AFC, and I agree. I think they beat Kansas City on the road this week. That's two excellent takes to get us rolling. Bubba, who's next? Let's try Matt. Matt, give us a hot take. Well, thank you for cursing the Lions last week when you spoke so highly of them. You told us the Jets – play with no effort and the lions at least they do play with effort did you watch the game on sunday the lion game which one is he talking about yes the lion game the lion game yeah Yeah, they they lost you cursed them thank you Uh, (laughs) (laughs) why because they said they played hard the week before against baltimore that that's correct and you said the jets did not play hard and therefore look what happened okay fair enough man i I get you um yeah I, i i i yeah and that was a terrible loss. Um, I still think the Lions play hard. I mean, like, they came back in that game. And, again, they got that fourth down at the end. They don't kick the field goal. They go for it. If you kick the field goal there, it's a one-score game with three minutes and change left against this rookie quarterback. 
what? You're shaking your head. I think they did the right thing. By going for the it's touchdown. Fourth and one. You, you go for the touchdown there because you, you don't know if you're going to be able to get that close again. No, I get it. But there were still three minutes left. It wasn't in the final right. 47 there seconds. There were three minutes left. I agree with that if you have to onside kick. Right. You know, but they don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the game is still very much a game. You know, Phil Simms, when he used to do games, used to say this all the time. And I agreed with him. He would have unquestionably been in favor of kicking the field goal, I think. I mean, I haven't spoken to Phil about this, but but I remember when he would play when he was doing the games in the booth, he would always say, "Make them continue to play. Like make the other team have to keep playing the game." Mm. And, and that does that. You need ten points. You need a touchdown and a field goal somewhere along the line. You've got the field goal there. Fourth and one there. If you don't get it, it ends the game. It's not the same thing as coaching to win. In this case, I would have kicked the field goal. I would have because there were three minutes and change left in the game. Hmm. So, but whatever. I, I still believe the Lions play hard, Matt. I appreciate the call. I think they continue to play hard and afford their coach. They're just not very good. Uh, you can be a part of Greeny Nation right here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back. So are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Jordan. Jordan, give me a hot take. Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh. You know, everybody's saying how bad they are, but I think they won yesterday. They showed their defense is good enough, and the little Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers smile to each other. He'll be there next year. I think we won the day to make him come. That was interesting. Did you see that moment? Rodgers tries to quick snap the Steelers, and Tomlin's not letting it happen. And they did have an interesting, like, exchange in terms of just the facial expression <laughs> right Rogers what a face he has like he's he has a very expressive face and his fa- the smile on his face was remarkable and Tomlin did give him like a nod of respect you're going to hear that you're going to hear Rogers to Pittsburgh I still believe ev- everything that I heard leading up to this season which is to say leading up to when Rogers decided to come back was that Rogers wanted to go to Denver and if you made me bet an amount of money that mattered right now, that's where I would bet he'll wind up, is Denver. But I think there are a lot of other things. That, like That's a long time off. So many things are going to happen. It's only October, whatever this is, 4th. <coughs> These are decisions that aren't getting made until January or February at the soonest. So, so much can happen. So I would not take the Steelers off the table. I would not take the Giants off the table, although I think the Giants have their quarterback, but if you get a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you have to do it. And I would not put, I would not take staying in Green Bay off the table. So I think there's a lot left to be decided, but I do like the take, and I certainly did notice that moment. I'm sure everyone did. It was all over the internet yesterday. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, let's go to Ari. Ari, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny. Uh, I think that the Yankees can pitch anybody except Garrett Cole in the first round of the playoffs. They need Cole to pitch two games against Tampa Bay, so anyone can pitch except Cole against Boston. Well, let me make sure I'm clear on what you're saying. You're saying you want them to throw someone besides Cole tomorrow night because they need him twice in the following series. Yeah, that's correct. I think getting to this spot, this spot and losing, and it doesn't matter. We, it, it, you need to win this game and then win the next series. Cole pitching tonight sets you up to lose against Tampa. It doesn't make sense. Uh, tomorrow night, excuse me. Do you believe Cole gives them the best chance to win tomorrow night? Uh, I do, but I still think they could piece together a game between bullpen and other pitchers, let them pitch an inning each, 
But you need like winning to, winning against Boston and then losing against Tampa is a waste of the season. They need Cole against Tampa. Okay, I I, I love the take, or at least I love that you called and made it. I certainly don't agree, but I appreciate it. Has has the Yankee Red Sox rivalry descended? Well, let me ask a Yankee fan, Nuno. Has the thing between the Yankees and Red Sox descended? to become so unimportant that winning this game tomorrow night is meaningless if you don't get past the Rays? Um, Playing the Red Sox in no. a one-game-for-your-life scenario isn't in and of itself, forgetting everything else, isn't in and of itself incredibly important to the Yankee fan? You have to win tomorrow night. Because I think most fans expect them to win tomorrow night, and probably believe they will end up losing to Tampa, but you need to win that game just to extend your season. Look, I, I appreciate everyone's hot takes here, and I will never – no one gets shouted down on this show, but I certainly don't think I agree with that one. Hem, my vice president of baseball, Hembo, what do you think? I don't agree with the caller either, but he does make a valid point. If the objective is to win the World Series and thus to play the long game, obviously you can't win the World Series if you don't win tomorrow night. But the Rays are looming, and that's the best team in the American League. And if your going theory is Garrett Cole gives us the best chance relative to all of our other guys, like you can definitely follow that logic trail. But you paid Garrett Cole $35 million a year to win a winner-take-all game in Fenway Park tomorrow night. That is absolutely the right decision in my judgment. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like it, what would, the question is, is Cole their best option to win tomorrow? Well, that's, that's a great question because Garrett Cole has not been good lately. So you have to attack this from both of those sides. Garrett Cole was among the worst pitchers in baseball in September. Now, obviously, he has the best stuff with sort of spotty history against the Red Sox. The answer is yes, because he's Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole. He's the best pitcher in baseball when he's right. You have to pitch him tomorrow night. What am I talking about? I appreciate the take. Uh, and on this program, you are welcome even when we don't agree. In fact, you're welcome especially when we don't agree. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on with us here. Give us a hot take. Brian, go. All right. Uh, I think the Giants beat the Cowboys this upcoming game, mm. and we make the postseason. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we had a wager here. Remember, we, we have the NFC East well represented on this program. Hembo was from Philly. He's an Eagle fan. Nuno was from the New York area. He's a Giant fan. Bubba is from Connecticut, so of course he's a Cowboys fan. So here's... <laughs> We had the wager between Hembo and Bubba when they played each other a couple of weeks ago. Cowboys won, so Hembo had to wear a cowboy hat. Nuno, are you willing to get involved in a wager with your friend there, Mr. Bubba, with your Giants playing the Cowboys this week? I mean, what kind of odds am I getting? Because so, you're demanding odds. Uh, yes, here we go. And Straight it begins. Up. <laughs> Straight up. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> That's true. He's not an idiot. No, it would take uh, an idiot to take. what the, the line on that game is seven and a half, which I'm shocked that it's that low. I think that line will move. I really thought that would be a, a double-digit line, um, even just to open up. That game is in, is in, in, da- in Dallas? In, yes. So they're playing three straight home games. They opened with two road games. Now they're going to play three straight home games. So what should we give in the wager? Like Like – Bubba, what are you willing to give him? Are you willing to give him seven and a half points? I'm not Nuno, would you take it at seven and a half points? No. I would, not <laughs> I, mean, I, would, I would maybe take it at ten and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Bubba, what do you make of this here? I mean, the two of you have been together a long time now. The two of you guys go back to when Will Kane was hosting together. 
you guys have like a little bit of a thing. What do you think of this, Bubs? You know, I mean, this guy, you know, he comes in here. Earlier, he loves Daniel Jones. He hates Daniel Jones. He loves Daniel Jones. He hates Daniel Jones. He, he, this guy just changed his mind whatever way the wind's blowing, you know? And next thing you know, he's you, you can't believe anything this guy says. Ten and a half is ridiculous. I'm not going to make a bet with a guy for ten and a half. That's absurd. Now he has no, They just came off a win. He's, he was feeling good about him, and now he has no faith in the team. Make up your mind. You got to have faith in your team here. What's going on? I, I think man up and let's have a bet. No, right. I actually think the Cowboys are a really good team. All right, well, that, so that's, what? I mean, that's where it's coming that's from. The, Not the Giants actually competing. It's the whole fun of having a bet against your team. This is a sad day. <laughs> it's a have sad some day. Faith in Jason this is Garrett. like the Patriot fans booing Brady Jason yesterday. Giving it his all. Nuno not willing to bet on the Giants against the hated Cowboys. I never thought I'd see the day. Thanks, everybody, for the hang and the takes, and we'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.